Hey out there, everybody, and welcome to Caffeination 549, the 549th edition here at the Caffeination Podcast. This is the Makeup and Mascots edition here, so hopefully you are going to have a fantastic time. We have a wonderful show lined up for you tonight, and uh, it's all about (laughs) some of the interesting faces that you'll see as you uh, wander around the internet. Uh, So we're going to be talking a little bit about the Flyers uh, goalie, we're going to be talking about Joker making a scene, we're going to be talking about dirt, and all kinds of clean things as well. We have the standard fare of uh, food and caffeinated bits, geek cruft, and of course the final thought to head you on out through your week. Uh, if you are looking for this podcast or any of its episodic friends, you can find them lovingly nestled over at www.caffination.com. Being that this is the Caffeination Podcast, we figured that was a good place to stick all the episodes, you know? If you are looking to yell at me, give me comments, feedback, suggestion, hate mail, whatever the uh, mood strikes you up and you wish to share with the group, please feel free to do so at e- via my email at caffeination at gmail.com or paul at caffeination.com. You can also shoot us a uh, comment over on Twitter at caffeination. You can do uh, the rest of the social media handles are all lovingly nestled over at caffeination.com, so you can check that out there as well. Um <laughs> Yeah, it's been a rather interesting week here. Uh, we've uh, gotten—I've gotten rather a lot of uh, geekery in. I fin- finished a net, uh, finished binging one Netflix st- series and uh, had some fun with another another uh, movie that was on there. So I'm going to be talking about that in a minute. Um, but the f- the best part is that my son turned 12. Now, my son had his radio debut here at the Caffeination Podcast, oh, 12 years ago almost. <laughs> One of the first times I brought him home and had him up, uh, he was laying across the table in front of me. And I had the same microphone that I have, or one of the same microphones that I have right now, laying there. And he's sitting there cooing and nodding and everything, and I'm trying to record. I think it was like episode... 34 or something like that. Um, I have to go back and actually check to see when he made his official debut. But uh, he really doesn't want to be on the podcast. I've offered a couple different times to say, hey, look, why don't you talk about Fortnite? Why don't you talk about something that you're actually interested in? He just says no. He really, It's really not his thing. So, hey, that's all right. Got more than enough geek in this family to go around. Uh, the man loves himself some Fortnite, as I know a lot of the other people out there do right now as well. I'm not very good at it. Uh, He is significantly better than me at it. So I have to just kind of let that one go. It's okay. (laughs) But, um, yeah, you know what? It's going to be all right. This is the, uh, the, the circle of life here. All right, so speaking of the uh, the what's happening geeky in my life, since he just turned 12, we took him on a wonderful little road trip, so we went down to the uh, National Aquarium in Baltimore. We had some uh, fun down there, spent a whole day, and uh, yeah, it was a nice little uh, jaunt, midweek jaunt, shall we say. Um, yeah, my Netflix geekery this week, I finished uh, binging Iron Fist. Now, the way I binge uh, shows on Netflix is I try not to do everything in the same day or the same week. I try and, as for the most part, uh, possible, for the most, <laughs> put, put some restraint in, shall we say. I don't want to put two, three, four episodes in a day, but if a, if a series is really, really good, you know, I'll, 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 I might stream two. 
So uh, it, it was it was a good couple days. Uh, I, I had a better part of a week, and I, it took me. I strung the episodes out nice and long. Uh, I gotta say, significantly more improved than the first season of Iron Fist. I really kind of love the direction that they took with this. I have a lot of questions. I have a lot of things that I'd like to talk to about uh, with with people. But the thing is, not a lot of my friends are up to date on the uh, Netflix series. Uh, one of my good friends, Dave, is still working his way through uh, Luke Cage, and I'm like, man, I, I, I want to talk to you about that series. I want to talk to you about uh, Iron Fist. You got to just settle down and you know sit down and watch them. Unfortunately, the man has three kids, and they're all really young, so that's not going to happen anytime soon either. But still, it's one of those things where it's, I, I just need somebody to, to be there with it so I can geek out about it. Luke Cage, for instance, I absolutely loved the tone of the series. I'm not sure that I like where they took it. So to be, be be very vague, because I know that there's a lot of people still working their way through these things, and I, I'm not one to throw spoilers out there. Spoiler alert, the Titanic sinks. Um, but, um, yeah, no, they're, they're, yeah, I, I really liked the series. I loved the tone. I liked the first season of Luke Cage a lot better than any of the other ones, uh, although I think they kind of did it backwards. They should have had uh, the first half of the first season as the second half. Uh, but you know that that's okay. I, th- I thought this one was really really good. I just think it, it could have uh, done a little bit better when it came to the to the uh, the way it wrapped up. In regards to Iron Fist, from front to back, it's a significant improvement over the first season. The first season was uneven. It was uh, just kind of out there and not really connecting with the way that the character should have been done, in my opinion, anyway. So I, I'm really kind of digging how they, they portrayed Iron, Danny Rand and how they portrayed the, the other uh, characters in there. Um, the, the one funny thing that's not really a uh, spoiler or anything, but I'm going to share with everybody, there's a couple moments in the, in the series where... Uh, <laughs> Meacham and Danny are sitting there and they're looking at each other and they're they're harassing each other. They're they're kinda digging at each other. And it's even during dark moments and everything, you could tell these two guys are guys that, you know, grew up together. They're used to giving each other crap. And I love that kind of aspect. Like you could actually see their their relationship kind of being repaired a little as it happened. So I really loved the way that they wrote the characters this season so that everybody had a lot more depth in in them. And it wasn't just depth in dialogue. It was actually the, the situations that they were put into made a lot more sense for where the character was coming from. So I, I really, really like the, the second season. Hopefully everybody else can get caught up. Maybe I'll start talking about, about it a little bit more in depth in, in about a month or so. But, uh, yeah, it was uh, definitely a, definitely an improvement. Now, the second place I wanted to kind of talk to you about, I feel that I can talk a little bit more freely about, because there's not as many people interested in this. But Bleach is a very common anime that is currently somewhere around episode 300. I'm only up to episode like 280 or 270, and it's a really interesting take on 
what happens after people die. And it's basically that there are good souls that die and sometimes get stuck on this planet. And then there are bad souls that die with a grudge. And those uh, souls that die with a grudge become these monsters called hollows. And the only way they can fill that hollow in their soul is by consuming other souls. And sometimes they actually, uh, a particularly highly spiritually attuned living person, they might attack that soul as well. So it, it, it's this really unseen world kind of deal. And Netflix actually optioned the series to make a live animated or a live version of the animated uh, series. Now, they've previously tried this with uh, Death Note. Now, Death Note was was a series that I kind of liked was, you know, it was an uneven series in general, but I liked the premise of it. Um, they had Willem Dafoe as as the one of the main characters' voice. I thought it was uh, brilliantly done there. But th- this this is one of those things where when I was looking at it, I was saying, okay, that that had much more of a of hype surrounding it, shall we say? So that was being pushed out as, hey, look, this is a direct to English language version of Death Note. This was being put out. I didn't even know it was coming out. And it just showed up on Netflix one day. And I'm looking at it, and from the first glimpse I got at the first hollow that they had... Now, these are massive beasts that, you know, take up the the entire street from where the battles are taking place. And it also takes into account that, you know, hey, every once in a while there's like one of those dust devils in the middle of a city. And, you know, things get destroyed, and nobody really knows where this stuff comes from. And, you know, you can have tornadoes, natural disasters. Maybe they're all just really hollows. And that the hollows are being fought by these things, these uh, otherworldly beings called soul reapers. And soul reapers, of course, use swords, and they have specialized attacks and all other kinds of cool stuff. And uh, there's one character by the name of Ichigo Kurosaki, and he is the main character in the uh, tale. And uh, his the the way that they re envisioned the movie is a very deep, almost romantic friendship between Ichigo Kurosaki and Ruki Kuchiki. So, uh, which are the two main characters in the anime as well? But in the anime, it's not a romantic kind of thing. It's much more of a um, teacher and student, and it's, it's a little bit more lighthearted, but I love the, the way that the, anime, that the uh, live action version was actually done. I mean, they really nailed a lot of really tiny details that unless you watched the series, you wouldn't necessarily get. So they, they, they nailed down the... Uh, <laughs> the way that some of Rukia's drawings actually looked. They nailed the uh, the Quincy arrows and a couple other things. Uh, now, it takes a lot to condense a significant portion of Mythos into a you know roughly two-hour movie, but they really did a fantastic job on it. So if you are a fan of the Bleach anime, you need to get yourself on over to Netflix and check out the, uh, the thing. They took some liberties with the end of the storyline, but overall I think they stayed relatively close to most of it. Uh, now, this is, the, of course, you know, with 300-some-odd episodes to deal with at this point, and I think there's 27 seasons or something like that. Um, with, with that many episodes to deal with and that many different storylines and arcs, this is, of course, the earliest of early, so there's a lot of things that get uh, brought out over, <laughs> over the course of time. 
and uh, you're only introduced to a couple different Soul Reapers. So uh, it's, it's, it's a really interesting take. I, I kind of really enjoyed it. All right, next little thing geeky this week is Android is turning 10, or rather has turned 10. Now, I've been using it for around nine years. I did not have the original Google One phone with the physical keyboard, but I had one of the ones shortly thereafter. Uh, I've been using it, and I think I had my first Android phone was the Moto uh, V. I'm not sure. I had like a bunch of fake smartphones originally. I had uh, you know the the Nokia brick phone before that, but uh, and pagers before that. But I never had the original Android cell phone. I, I've been on board with Google since the very beginning, but it's one of those things where it's really but night and day when you look at where they've come from, and the amount of market penetration not only that they have right now but also the amount of pressure that they are able to put on developers to actually develop for their particular uh, operating system for the longest time it was like oh yeah you know Twitter came out just for iPhone users or Angry Birds came out just for iPhone users and it just sat there for the longest time and then you had to kind of hope that this stuff would get uh, turned around and that you'd be able to get an Android version down the road. Or that somebody would uh, you know, hack into the, uh, the source code and be able to make a Android version of the software somehow. Or make it like a third-party port of it, which we're still waiting on for some Mac applications. But for the most part, uh, you know, there, there's pretty much parity between the two uh, pieces of software right now, between iOS and Android. So I wanted to say a big happy birthday out there to Android. <laughs> All right, now the next little thing that we got for you here is an article from over at Engadget.com. There is a new trailer that's being put out there for Star Wars VR experience called Vader Immortal. It's debuting on the Oculus Quest. That's a $400 virtual reality gaming system that's being debuted. You can head on over to the link there and actually watch the full trailer. It looks impressive. Vader basically pulls a ship out of hyperspace. And it really kind of shows you his awesome power. Because if you really look at the Star Wars movies, he doesn't really show a lot of power up until the very end of them. Like, you can tell everybody's told that he's this massive, powerful being, but nobody really showcases the fact that he could basically, you know, evaporate planets almost on his own. So, this is one of those things that it it, it just starts to show you the tip of his power. So, it's it's kind of interesting. This is going to be for, uh, this was actually uh, unveiled at the Oculus Connect 5 keynote today. I know everybody out there really wants to make sure that I hit the the exact conference that it was debuted at, but it's pretty impressive. Uh, The other thing is that this is only the first episode. There's actually uh, plans to do three full episodes of these, and and the gentleman who's writing them, whose name escapes me, uh, oh, sorry, here it is, it's in the notes, David S. Goyer is a prolific genre writer who's also working on Secrets of the Empire, and it's another Star Wars VR experience, and uh, it's... uh, so it's in good hands. I 
can't wait to see what it actually looks like. I don't personally have an Oculus, so uh, Oculus Quest, so I don't necessarily know that I'll be able to uh, partake. And there's really not much that's going to get me to do that. My, we have like a kind of like a cheesy um, <laughs> VR headset upstairs that my son got for Christmas. It, it's it's not great shakes, but it does pretty neat stuff. Um, but the Oculus one, I think, just takes it like an, a, a level up that we're not prepared for yet. I mean, I have a fairly new cell phone, so it, it's one of those things where uh, I think that the Oculus is actually a system in and of itself. It doesn't need a cell phone to actually be the screen for it. All right, um, moving right along. Next little thing, you can adopt a life-size Lego Porg. Yes, you heard it here correctly. Uh <laughs> It only has 811 pieces, and in three, a simple 308 steps, you too can have your very own Lego Pork. Um, yeah, I don't know if this is the best thing in the world to have, because I'm not a real big fan of Porgs, but if you are a Porg fan, a Porgite, as it were, then you too can have your very own Lego Pork. Now that's enough times for saying Porg in one particular episode. All right, moving right along. Now we go over to Samsung, and Samsung has released the uh, trailer for the PowerBot, the Star Wars robot vacuum. I think this is really the vacuum that we've all been waiting for. Unfortunately, it looks like a droid's face was slapped on top of, an, of a Roomba. What it should have been is those little trash can droids that run around that are giant um, rectangles. I think that would have been a lot more useful. I understand why they kept the form factor of the Roomba, but what I don't understand is why they just slapped a little branding on top of it like uh, the face of a stormtrooper. Uh, stormtroopers are known for not actually hitting anything they're shooting at. If I want something to clean up after me, I want it to not only hit the dirt piles, I want it to take them take care of them and, you know, get them away. So uh, if you happen to have $372, you too can invest and buy your very own PowerBot. I don't know that that's me. But now, here's the next little thing I saw. This is over at uh, Gadgetify.com. Lumi, the self-sanitizing toilet brush. Now, this is something that has bothered me forever. I don't know why, but when I was a kid, and you'd see the toilet brush sitting next to the toilet, after whatever abomination you left in the toilet, you had to use that brush that just sits there, and scrub the inside of the toilet to remove the visual evidence of anything that you done did in there. And then you took the brush after you rinsed it out and swished it around in the toilet water and you put it back in the holder and you let it sit there for the next unlucky salt. There's no point in time where I've ever thought that that was a safe, clean, or hygienic solution to the problem of unclean toilet bowls. However, enter this new gadget that is actually called the Lumi, and what it does is it actually uses UV rays to sanitize the brush after you are done. This gets a little bit closer to what I wanted. I wanted also to cook off any extra wastewater. I want the whole thing set on fire. I want this thing to be able to uh, really do some good work. (laughs) 
No word yet on exactly how much it is, but anything is better than, uh, oh, it's actually on Kickstarter right now, and it is, uh, instead of $5,000, which is what they originally asked for, it's at $57,000. So you too can earn your own uh, toilet bowl brush. And it's uh, the stuff that they have up for you there is uh, pretty nasty. So you can see the uh, the, the lovely... Uh, black light uh, edition of what they uh, what your existing toilet bowl brush actually looks like and uh, the solution that they offer so if you have uh, the the money available you too can get an early bird value kit which is the base the brush and an extra brush head for forty dollars or you can get the uh, regular priced forty five dollar it's the brush and the base or you can get the double early bird value for seventy five dollars two bases two brushes two extra replacement heads I don't know about you, but the last time I actually replaced one of those brushes, it was several years ago, and I'm still not a fan of it. They just disgust me in general. Now, what if dirt was a good thing? There's a campaign right now that's actually uh, a uh, washing powder brand named Omo, for, or uh, Persil for the UK readers, has created their own dirt activated activity book. The idea of this is called Tales of Spots and Stripes. It only cups to comes to life when it's smeared with dirt thanks to a special ink formula. Now, I love this idea. It actually it, it engages kids to get out there, put their hands in some soil, put their hands in some medium, and see what they can do, what they can create, and how they can actually mess around and really interact with the world around them. I love this. I think it would be a really cool idea to have like gardening uh, books that actually did this. I think it would be really funny to have a couple other... Uh, there, there's, there's definitely some... Um, marketing areas that I could see this playing well in. Um, but I uh, just wanted to share that with the group. Moving right along. <sighs> now we have the last little bit of news here in the Geekcruft section at the time. Uh, here, and it is the Joker has finally showed his face. Joaquin Phoenix uh, <laughs> is going to be part of an of a origin story for the Joker. The Joker is one of the few characters in any comic book universe that I am aware of that we don't have a definitive origin story for. So being able to see where he potentially comes from is kind of an interesting idea. I know that there are a couple different takes on it, like for instance from... Um, the uh, one band day storyline and from a couple other storylines you know he's a failed comic he's a failed comedian you know there's there's just that much difference between him and the batman all it takes to push him over the edge is that one bad day and it it's it's kind of interesting in that aspect but this takes it a step further so um yeah the 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 videos are kind of chilling. This is the Joker that I wanted to see. I didn't want to see Jared Leto's or Leto's Joker with the tattoos all over his face and some kind of gutter snipe, uh, you know, turned uh, lord of crime with no real sense of anything. I never felt menaced by him. I never felt like his entire, like... Being was twisted beyond belief, but when I look at Heath Ledger's Joker, which I thought was one of the better portrayals in recent memory, or when I look at or listen to uh, Mark Hamill voicing the Joker, it and he he repeatedly says that he played the laugh 
like it was an instrument. So there's the ho, ho, ho and the he, 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 ha, ha, ha. And like how it, it mixed around. And depending on the situation, they would just say Joker laughs. And Mark Hamill would actually um, uh, uh, basically improvise how that laugh would be played up for comic or for terrifying effect. So it's one of those things that I really kind of interest was it was always interested in. But uh, the Joker being showed by Joaquin Phoenix is really really interesting. Uh, he he gives a good impression with the nice wicked grin. This is kind of similar to when uh, you first saw Jim Carrey as the uh, the Grinch, and he did the smile where he turned, looked back over the camera, and did that evil grin, whereas the corners of his mouth went all the way up to the to, <laughs> to near his eyeballs somehow. And you're like, that's it. That's the look of the Grinch. The rest of the movie might not have been as perfect as it could have been, but the look was there. You know what I mean? And the look seems to be there. So we'll see exactly how this new gaunt Joaquin Phoenix (laughs) really takes on the role and and what he can do with it. All right, that about wraps it up for the Geek Cruft section here at the Caffeination Podcast. One more time, if you are, uh, because I forgot at the top of the show, but if you are looking for a way to support the show, we thank you very much for clicking on any of the affiliate links that we happen to have here. We have some ads along the side of the uh, website, and if you are using an ad blocker, then uh, that's okay too. Um, if you are uh, looking for hosting, I heartily suggest you head on over to innerserver.com. We have an affiliate link at the top of this and every episode that we are producing. And last but most certainly not least, the Caffeination Podcast is sponsored in part by Puzzle Piece Productions, design that fits. If you need a new logo, website, graphic, or anything else, our design, (laughs) our goal rather, is to make something beautiful just for you. All right. So the next little thing that we got for you here is food and caffeinated bits. How would you like to enter into the world of Sanrio? Yes, a Hello Kitty speakeasy is the first installed inside the first permanent U.S. Hello Kitty cafe. I was unaware that there was such a thing as a Hello Kitty cafe, let alone the fact that there is a gold bow room that if you knock on the door while you're in there, it will open up and they have several Hello Kitty inspired beverages that they can serve you. Um, it is the Hello Kitty bow room, not gold bow, but it has a gold bow on the door. So, uh, I'm linking to that. I don't know what to say beyond the fact that I saw this. My daughter clicked on it and she said, Ooh, look, Dad, Hello Kitty, because she loves Hello Kitty. And I'm like, yeah, but that's a story for adults. So if we find ourselves in Irving, California, and we're going to the Hello Kitty Cafe, you can bet your sweet bippy that I'm going to be knocking on the gold door on the uh, bow door just to see what there is to see. But uh, all right, so moving right along, if you happen to have an extra $250 and a big hankering for pizza, you too can head on over and grab the Bakerstone Portable Pizza Oven. Yeah, you heard me correctly. This is basically a pizza kiln. <laughs> it is a. Um, it looks like a VCR, and an oven had a illegitimate child, and you get. Pizza's coming out in under two minutes. It reaches over 800 degrees, and I don't know, 800 degrees uh, Fahrenheit, rather, over 426 degrees centigrade. I don't know if there is such a thing as a perfect oven for pizza, but this looks like it would be close, if not to, that perfect oven. 
All right, moving right along again. Now, this is an interesting conundrum we find ourselves in. Is this a good thing or a bad thing? If you've noticed, there's some products that are non-GMO project verified. They have these labels stamped on them. Now, apparently, uh, there has been a bill introduced to remove those labels from products. Not that people wouldn't be able to um, uh, buy or not the products that are labeled as being GMO, but the fact that these are third-party companies that verify whether or not things are being produced that actually have genetically modified ingredients. Now, this is interesting because the FDA has now poked the bear, and they are saying that they're asking for these labels to be banned because... they don't. They can't argue as to one way or another whether or not they're verifiable. There's no anything in, interesting to say about that. So I don't know if anybody out there has an opinion on this. I like being able to, to know, okay, at least I have a better chance of something like this being non-GMO. Like if I have two bags of chips in front of me and they're both blue corn chips and one of them's glowing slightly and the other one just happens to be made from blue corn, I'm probably going to pick the one that's made from blue corn. But if one has a label that says non-GMO on it and the other one doesn't have any labels, I'm probably going for the non-GMO one just because it seems like a better idea to play with things that are a little bit less genetically modified. And again, I don't have hard science to back myself up on that, which is rare for me, but I really, you know, it's one of those things where I just kind of follow along with the group and uh, GMO's bad. So that's where I kind of come in on that. But uh, I'm really curious as to whether or not other people have opinions on it. So please feel free to send in your comments, feedback, suggestion, hate mails, or anything else to uh, caffeination at gmail.com. Or you can dial into our listener line and call me an idiot on the phone at 215-240-1319. That's about all I got to say about the labeling problem. Now the next thing that we got for you here is there's a survey that's recently come out there in 2018 has the best coffee cities listed in America. Number one and number two are interesting because I would have guaranteed number two would have been number one, and number one would have been significantly lower. In fact, I would have labeled number three as number two. But I haven't been to all the different cities. I haven't been to Seattle yet, but I thought Seattle would be at the top of the list. Somehow New York beats it. So the list goes as follows, and I quote, New York is number one, Seattle is number two, San Francisco is number three, Portland is number four, and Los Angeles is number five. All the way down at number 14 is Philadelphia. I'm okay with being number 14 because at least we're on the list and it's actually a good list. Uh, Philadelphia has a lovely reputation, is not always ending up on good lists for good reasons. This just means we have a lot of different coffee uh, manufacturing and a lot of different uh, coffee uh, houses around the city, and they all do a pretty good job. So, uh, I gotta say that the uh, I'm I'm kind of interested to see what pushed it over the top. I need to really look, dig into a lot more, but I can't really imagine why New York could beat out Seattle. I mean, Seattle seems to just be the home of specialty coffee. I don't know how they could have gotten beaten out by New York, except for the fact that New York has better in general um, <laughs> PR. 
associated with everything they do. So, I mean, New York could pretty much have anything. New York gets hit by a snowstorm and they get five inches and you would think the world was on, you know, being frozen <laughs> on the entire East Coast when really they're the only ones who got hit. Not necessarily, but, you know, hey, we're, we're the... Uh, we're a smaller city here <laughs> on the east coast of the United States, so sometimes I have a little bit of a chip on my shoulder, especially when you don't see a sign for Philadelphia until you're 25 miles outside of it heading north. I can't remember how far it is uh, heading south, but you see signs for New York all the way down in Miami. So Miami or uh, New York, head north. Well, yeah, I would hope so, but there's a couple other cities along the way. You see signs for Washington, D.C. before you hit Washington, D.C. You see signs for Philadelphia, you're almost ready to see it. Uh, it's one of those things that I just have a minor issue with. All right. Now we get to the fun part of the episode, for me anyway. New Philadelphia Flyers mascot, Gritty, has been announced. Yes, this is a rather big deal here in Philadelphia. Uh, the Flyers have only ever had one other mascot. We had a mascot back in 1976. His name was Slapshot, and he didn't last very long. So for the lack, uh, or for the better part of you know 40 years, we haven't really had a mascot, and it's been all good in the hood. We borrowed the Phantoms, which is the minor league hockey affiliate that we had for a long time here in Philadelphia. They've previous, they have uh, moved on to other cities, but uh, their mascot was named Flex, P H L. E-X. Because everything in Philadelphia, if you start it with an F sound, it has to begin with PH. That's just how things go. For instance, the Fanatic, the Philly Fanatic, probably the best mascot in all of sports, starts with P-H-A-N-I-T-I-C. Fanatic. I think... I think I probably messed that up as well. But I, but nobody here pays me to be a good speller. Uh, the interesting thing about <laughs> Gritty here is that Gritty is a massive, orange, bearded um, nightmare. There's not much else you can say except for the fact that his eyes Google. He doesn't really have lids on his eyes, and everybody hated him immediately. Uh, the funny part about this entire uh, debacle when it came out to Gritty is people were like, you know, what were they thinking? The entire internet was talking about a mascot for a hockey team. How cool is that? So that's a PR win number one. PR win number two, Gritty's first night out on the ice, he slips and falls. First night out on the ice, he shoots multiple people in the back with a t-shirt cannon. And first day on the internet, he, he uh, threatens the Penguins mascot. And uh, for anybody from Philadelphia, that automatically will endear you. I'm starting to warm up to the guy. He kind of looks uh, he looks like he's from, uh, you know, the a rough side of town here. But, you know, who has doesn't have a friend from the rough side of town? Uh, I, I kind of think it works out. And it's, uh, <laughs> I, I can't wait. Can't wait to see exactly <laughs> where they go with this. Unfortunately, for uh, people everywhere, the memes have been non-stop and uh they've been really really funny uh but my favorite thing so far is that the thing wasn't even out a full day on the internet and there was already a beer being produced for him yes so the first beer being produced is by <laughs> uh is called nightmare fuel and it is uh the broken goblet brewing company in bucks county has invented a beer for gritty it is a cream ale infused with vanilla and bruised oranges so vanilla and bruised oranges because it's orange and white 
So bruised because, you know, his father was a bully because every ba- every uh, mascot needs a backstory. Uh, I hope that uh, the man inside Gritty's costume actually has a nice uh, season ahead of him. Uh, we're going to see exactly how far this uh, this goes. I know that uh, the Sixers uh, rolled out a new mascot a couple years ago, and then they slowly have been rolling him back because he had, didn't get the uh, same kind of attention that they had hoped he would. It was uh, some weird dog. But, um, yeah, so uh, I, I happened to... I think I'm liking Gritty now, which is very weird. I didn't think I'd be in this camp. And now if you're looking for this episode on any of the Apple iTunes or anything else like that, and you happen across the featured image for today's episode, it will be Gritty's face. So hopefully that works by the time I set this out and off into the interwebs. All right, that about wraps it up here. Oh, sorry, almost forgot the final thought for the day. Now, the final thought for today is a video final thought, so you can head on over to caffeination.com to click on the link, or you can just search for it if you happen to be. You may be having a bad day, but did you get slapped with an octopus? I don't think so. And did you get slapped by an octopus? With a f- <laughs> Did you get slapped, rather, with an octopus by a seal? There's a video of a kayaker uh, who's out in the middle of the ocean with a whole bunch of other guys, and out of nowhere, a seal comes up to the surface with an octopus in its mouth and slaps it across the one guy's face and then just dives back in. It is the most random and hilariously insane thing I've seen this week, so of course I'm passing it along to you. Hopefully you are having a fantastic day. Remember, if you are looking for this podcast or any of its other episodic friends, you can find them all lovingly nestled at www.caffination.com. That is caffeination.com, in case you couldn't figure it out. Uh, being that we are the Caffeination uh, Podcast, we figured that was a good place to stick all the episodes. If you are looking for to send in feedback, comments, suggestion, hate mail, please feel free to do so at caffeination at gmail.com. If you are looking to comment on Twitter, you can find us at Caffeination. If you are looking to leave a listener comment, please feel free to... Dial 215-240-1319. Thank you very much for listening, and stay caffeinated, people.